You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football, we're the dudes that know football. And you've just crossed over into the Trend Zone. Dave here with Casey. On we are the football dudes. Are you ready, brother? Yes. <laughs> you just crossed over into the trend zone. It is Wednesday, October 11th, coming at you from Los Angeles, California. And it is a beautiful 69 degrees. Dave, you always say it's 69 degrees. It could be the <laughs> middle of winter, 69 degrees. <laughs> it just keeps coming up. All right, folks. In today's episode, we'll talk about the be- the injury bug taking some big bites. A recently gruntled running back in all of the awesome games coming up this week in the NFL. But before we get that going, Casey, get it started with some tasty nugs for the people, please. Uh, yeah, down to just two undefeated teams, the Eagles and the Niners. You and love them. the Eagles and the, two of my favorites, Dave. <laughs> Both of those teams entering week six without surrendering a point off their own turnovers. They're making a couple mistakes, but they're not made to pay for them. And... Clubs, road teams, 41 and 37. That is the best record for road teams since 2019. Home field, schmome field, Dave. Not bad. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. All right, Casey, the Trend Zone is now available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe now. Casey, let's move on to the top trending stories. As usual, we're going to go in with some injury news. Yeah, dude, this kind of looks like a fantasy roster. James Conner, yeah. he's going to miss multiple weeks. He's on IR. Devon A. Chan, he's going to miss multiple weeks with a knee. Justin Jefferson, IR with a hammy. Anthony Richardson, IR, four to eight weeks with the shoulder. Tank Dell, concussion protocol. Daniel Jones, he might have avoided major injury, but doesn't look like he's going to play. That might be a good thing for him and keep it in New York. But with the Jets, Elijah Vera Ooh. Tucker, torn Achilles. Ugh. Brutal, dude. This I know I, know. I say it every year, but this yeah. seems like the worst in a long time. I know. Every year it seems like the worst. <laughs> it may be getting worse every year. It's hard to gauge, really, but it's unbelievable. Like you said, that's a fantasy roster right there. And back to the Jets, though, losing – arguably their best offensive lineman and it's a, their weakest kind of position on the team, arguably. So pretty tough loss losing uh, Vera Tucker there. Casey, there's good news tonight and it is a running back getting away with the loot, right? Oh yeah, dude. How do you get a disgruntled player gruntled? Oh, a three year, $42 million contract. We're talking about Jonathan Taylor, the Indianapolis Colts gets over 10 million signing bonus, 26 and a half mil guaranteed i guess he just had to wait till um ursay had a couple uh maybe a couple of lines and a couple drinks in them and started opening up that checkbook it's all good in the hood baby um so (laughs) he'll be back i don't know how much we'll see him in week six but they're gonna get him out there as soon as possible yeah some not so comments earlier uh you know like a month ago or whatever it was six weeks ago from ursay but looks like he came to his senses uh, and ultimately, all's well that ends well in terms of taking care of his running back there. So, good job. Yeah. All right, case, let's move it on to the game previews for this week. It is week six in the NFL. Wow. Wait. Did yeah. you say week six? Yes, it's week six coming right up. Slipping away. 
<laughs> yes, it Almost is. Almost a third of the way through the season, Dave. Yeah, yeah, it, it certainly is, Casey. And it's definitely flying by. But um, it, we're enjoying every minute of it as it slips away, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Taking it all in, baby. All right, get it started, Casey, with Thursday night football. What do you got? Oh, yeah. The uh, schedule makers like this one when they put it together. Not so much now. We got the Broncos at the Chiefs. Chiefs are 10 and a half point favorites at home. Yeah, Broncos coming into this matchup with a record of one and four, having lost last week to the Jets in what must certainly be considered one of the worst coaching jobs in NFL history <laughs> delivered by head coach Sean Payton of the Broncos. But I digress. Myers There's always there. time to roast Sean Payton. That's right. You know, the Chiefs are 4-1, and one, and they have not looked particularly dominant, but they're great at playing okay and pulling out the win at the end, The win at the end, right? Stats-wise, Denver's defense is last in yards, points also, uh, and versus the run, and 29 versus the pass. They're giving up over 36 points a game. They are disastrous right now. Uh, which is a recipe for an easy win for the Chiefs, even if they aren't playing their best. Yeah, I think so, man. Uh, those white, uh, the snow-capped helmets were pretty dope last week, though. The helmets look good. I thought a little too much white in general. You know, give me something a little more color in there on the uniforms. But I did too like too much that. white is better than too much orange, though. We can agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go there. <laughs> we can agree on that. Less All right, orange, Dave. Better. We're going to wing on over to London and close the international series out for the year. It is the Baltimore Ravens at the Tennessee Titans, and the Ravens are three and a half point favorites. Yeah. And this Titans team, we say it each week, they are the ultimate Jekyll and Hyde team playing alternately one week awful. And then the next week, great at two and three and coming off a poor performance in a loss to the Colts. Uh, they must be due for a solid performance against the Ravens this week. So offensively, the Titans have not been able to run the ball like they have in recent years. And nowhere near it. In fact, they're one of the worst passing teams in the league also. King Henry is just 11th in rushing, and he's got a 3.8 yard uh, per average carry. So he's averaging 65.6 yards per game. So just two TDs on the season for King Henry. Free agent acquisition DeAndre Hopkins has yet to find the end zone this season. And the Titans know how to win ugly, as we know. And the Ravens have shown that they can lose a very winnable game like they did last week, for example. So uh, this might end up very interesting, and it certainly will likely come down to the end. Yeah, you mentioned those Ravens losing, dude. They still cannot believe they lost that game last week. They didn't trail until the final two minutes. But that's what <laughs> happens when you don't score any points in the second half. The other team catches up. But too many drops by these receivers, man, at least five, including Rashad Bateman dropping a touchdown late in that thing, had to settle for three, and then a late Lamar interception, although very sus effort from OBJ on that one. It didn't look like he went up strong. Ravens defense, though, playing really well uh, every week. It's Roquan and Queen just dominating. They did get Marlon Humphrey back last week and Kyle Hamilton – He's really good. If they can clean up these self-inflicted wounds and stay healthy, these Ravens are going to be in the mix down the road. They're too good to really have two losses, and they're angry. And now they're international, man. <laughs> All right, moving on to the regular early slots, Casey. Uh, it is the 
Washington Commanders at the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons at home are favored by two in a half in this one. Yeah, these are a couple weird teams too. Desmond Ritter last week, one of his best games as a pro, 25 of 37. That's over 75%. Career high, 329 yards and a touchdown. But the number I like, zero interceptions. That gave him a PR of a 111.2. He also had a rush TD. And this cat is 5-0 and at home with seven touchdowns. So you get this guy at home and he's playing better um, football. Put him right there in the nest, you know. Bijan, instant impact, dude. Rushing for over five yards of carry. Huge part of the passing game. Speaking of the passing game, London, Pitts, and Jonu Smith, all with at least six catches last week. This defense is really solid, too. Giving up less than 20 points a game, less than 200 through the air, and just over 100 yards on the ground. Lots of talent for these young Falcons in a wide open division. Yeah, no doubt. Got to get Bijan into the end zone, though. I don't think he's gotten there yet, which is surprising. Like you said, his impact has been noticeable and, and exciting. All right, let's move it over to this uh, this commander's team. They're just two and three, and they got worked pretty good by a previously winless Bear team that get, and gave up 40 points in the process. So the good news, though, is that by falling behind in that game, the commanders were forced to open it up on offense, and Sam Howell had a strong performance in that loss, setting career highs in completions with 37, attempts with 51, and completion percentage with 72.5, as well as passing yards with 388. So let them rip, I, I, right? Yeah, I love that none of that went to scary Terry McLaurin on my fantasy team. I was going <laughs> against Field right. and Amore and nothing for Mr. Robinson or Scary Terry. <laughs> I know nobody cares, but I nobody cares about your fantasy case. <laughs> what about uh, my other league? Yeah, no, we care less about that. Okay, Washington offensively, dude, has not established the run like they'd like to, gaining just 91 yards per game. That's 24th in the league. And the defense is second worst in the league at giving up points. Obviously, last week didn't help, but they're giving up 32 points a game. So that puts a lot of pressure. I mean, they're supposed to be a stout defense that can hold mm -hmm. the team down and then let their their running game take over. That whole equation isn't working right now for the Redskins. So uh, at least they oh, did take a drink. Oops, for the Washington football team, I, I, I stand It's corrected. definitely not vodka in David's cup, and he's definitely no. not staying oh, here we go. <laughs> My performance will be deteriorating throughout the show, especially the more I talk about the Washington commanders. But, Casey, you know what? Um, who knows? Maybe this bodes well in the long run for the commanders if Sam Howell has shown – at least some glimpses that he might be the right selection here as that fifth rounder from last year, the rookie who hardly had any snaps coming into this season. So good news for in that front. Yeah. He's getting the reps in there and uh, you know, lots of things going around on that team. And uh, he's one of the bright spots there. All right, Dave, up next, it is the Minnesota Vikings at the Chicago bears. The Vikings are three point favorites on the road. Yes, and the one and four Vikings have only beaten the winless Panthers, Casey, losing last week to the Chiefs. And after winning a ton of toss-up games last year, going 14 and three, the Vikes are on the other side of those games this year, losing by three, six, four, and seven. So all of those games right within reach, uh, but just out of reach for the Vikings. Now, Cousins and the Vikings have got to figure out how to play without their superstar wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, who's out for a while with that hammy. Cousins has been great. He's been, uh, you know, leading uh, the second-ranked passing team in the NFL, but uh, that just got a whole lot tougher 
um, moving forward. The run game has been a huge disappointment. They're gaining just over 80 yards per game to rank 29th in the league. Defensively, Ugh. they're just a bit below average in all the major, major shots stats. They've got 13 stacks, sacks, but just three takeaways on the season. So that's the good news, bad news defensively there. Here's the really bad news. Minnesota, negative nine on the turnover ratio. That's Ugh. the worst in the NFL. Needless to say, they've got to hold on to the football and hopefully create some turnovers this weekend if they want to be in decent shape to beat this Bears team. That's kind of like come alive lately, right? Last yeah, dude. I asked you last week how a despondent Bears team would play on a short week after that devastating loss. Well, they showed up like ravenous carnivores gobbling up commando picnic baskets, Dave. <laughs> Justin Fields starting to heat up four TDs in back-to-back games. DJ Moore had three of those bad boys on Thursday, along with 230 receiving yards. That Bears offense, over 300 yards in the first half alone, and maybe a celestial Dick Buckus woke up those hibernating Bear defense and reminded them they were monsters of the midway. In right. the first half, they held Washington to just 84 yards of offense, five first downs. Speaking of five, the Bears had five sacks last week, two takeaways, held Washington to 29 yards rushing. Wow. Speaking That's... of rushing, these Bears are a little thin at running back with Herbert and possibly Johnson to miss this game. If so, it should be Foreman to get a shot. Um Bears, I mean, maybe they're waking up. It's not too late. I think there's going to be some wide open spots, wild card speaking, uh, in the NFC. It's not too late. All right, moving along. It is the Seahawks at the Bengals. Bengals at home, favored by three in this one. Yeah, and the Seahawks coming off a bye and somehow still sack Dimebag five more times. <laughs> 11 freaking sacks versus the G-Men in week four Bobby Wagner, wow. the ageless wonder 17 tackles and two sacks Jordan Brooks, 10 tackles and two sacks And rookie cornerback Devin Witherspoon A player drafted via the Russell Wilson draft capital Two sacks and a 97-yard pick six Offense is humming Since scoring 13 points in week one Hawks are averaging over 30 points a game just at 33, man, um, getting healthy on that week. I think they can compete in the West. A couple big games coming up with the Niners later on, but handle your business um, this week if you can. We'll see. That's going to be a tough Bengals team that's starting to play a little bit better. Yeah, no doubt about it. Okay, uh, how about Joe Burrow and the Bengals working their way back after a rough start to the season, as you just mentioned. Certainly Burrow and the calf injury have contributed to that slow start. But at two and three, uh, they're just one game back from the division league. Uh, they're, they're, oh, they're, they are 0 oh and 2 in the division. Uh, things started clicking last week. As you mentioned, Joe Burrow set season highs and completions with 36 and 78%, as well as passing yards at 317, TD passes at three, and a rating of 108.1. So all his season best. So he's obviously, he pretty much matched the rest of the season combined almost really. Jamar Chase, career high 15 catches. That's a franchise oh. record, 192 yards and three touchdowns last week. So he obviously, uh, the connection was made there between those two dudes, right? Um, those are his only three TDs on the season. That out for output from Burrow, again, matches his first four weeks combined. Uh, Mixon, only one touchdown on the season for the Bengals, though, so that's something to be concerned about. Uh, the Bengals' offense is ranked first in rushing. Uh, excuse me, is ranked, uh, they're rushing for under 75 yards per game. Uh, for So 
Uh, they are last in total yards, unbelievable as an offense, even though they lit it up last week pretty good compared to obviously the first three weeks, last in total yards for this for Bengals team defense. Been struggling to rank uh, second to last versus the run. So can't run it and can't stop the run. Those are kind of bad things, but <laughs> – who am I? You know, what am I? Some kind of football expert? I don't know. You don't know. What do you know? Hey. All right. Up next, we have the San Francisco 49ers at the Cleveland Browns, and the Niners are six and a half point favorites. Yeah, the Browns coming off their uh, bye, but at two and two uh, in week four, they were uh, last clobbered by the Ravens 28 to three, and it was DTR at quarterback for the injured Deshaun Watson. Uh, who remains the quarterback at this point for this weekend, but it's not been determined really if it's him or if it might, they might go to PJ Walker. Unfortunately, they lost running back Nick Chubb for the season a couple games back, but uh, they still hope to keep up that strong running game with Jerome Ford and uh, acquired uh, Kareem Hunt. Defense is very good. First in points at 13.6 a game, second in yards and versus the run. So they're going to need, uh, to get a great performance out of that defensive unit and somehow put some points on the board to stand a chance this weekend uh, versus San Francisco, one of the best teams in the league right now, and obviously seems to be without any real weaknesses. Yeah, dude, we know the NFL is not linear, and it is so week to week, but yep. you mentioned it. The 49ers look like the best team in the NFL. Yeah. 15 straight regular season wins. Seven straight games with a TD on the opening drive. They've scored 30 or more points every game this season, including 42 last week against the 85 Bears. I mean, the uh, three and two Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Brock Purdy, career highs in touchdown passes with four last week and a passer rating of 144.4. Third QB since 1970 to win each of his first 10 regular season starts. Oh, and he's leading the NFL in passer rating at over 123. And even though the insert team here is the Super Bowl favorite, has been the kiss of death week to week, I don't see that <laughs> happening to these 49ers. Speaking of kiss of death, Fred Warner went Michael Corleone on the Cowboys last week. Eight tackles, one sack, one forced fumble, one interception on his way to NFC Player of the Week. And as a team, 32 consecutive games without an opposing 100-yard rusher. Ooh. If they have a weakness, I haven't, I haven't seen it, bro. I haven't seen it. That is impressive, that last stack, Casey. Sick. All right, up next, it's the Saints at the Texans. Saints on the road favored by a point and a half in this one. Yeah, dude, C.J. Stroud, even better than these Texans could have hoped for. 20-35 mm -hmm. last week, 249 and a touchdown, zero interceptions, including leading that go-ahead drive in the last two minutes against ATL. Man, he was so close. They're down 18 12, got the go ahead by one point. They could not get the two point. Oh, brutal. Um, he's the first quarterback in NFL history with zero interceptions in his first five career starts. Wow. And his 186 attempts this season without an interception are the most ever to begin a career. And he's third in the NFL in passing with over 1,400, dude. So, uh, two touchdown passes in his last few games and 100 plus passer rating in three of four seems like this nfl stuff is pretty easy for this guy and you know there was the debate is it young is it stroud so far the early money is on stroud dude um you mentioned it yeah. earlier tank dell won't be there this week concussion protocol and they've been easing john mechie back in maybe they'll accelerate um that process 
It's also a good time. Dalton Schultz, he's heating up. What does Dalton Schultz know, Dave? Nothing. No, but he did have a season-high seven catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown last week. Uh, the run game, not there yet, only 82 yards a game. But this defense taking on head coach D'Amico Ryan's persona, mm-hmm. up 20 points a game, and they are plus five in the turnover ratio. To have a rookie quarterback and be plus five, pretty impressive. Very impressive. They should give Schultz a little strudel along the way. All right, Case, moving That's on correct. to the Saints. <laughs> They are two and three and coming off their biggest win of the season, a 34 to nothing beatdown of the New England Patriots, Casey. Derek Carr, two touchdown passes, zero picks for a season high 114.7 rating last week. Alvin Kamara knocked the rust off the previous week, but in his second game back after suspension, he rushes for 80 yards and a touchdown. Um, so the New Orleans offense, though, overall below average in most of uh, the major statistical categories. They're scoring just 19.2 points a game despite last week's nice output. New Orleans defensively is what they can usually count on, and they are above average in all major stats, including, most importantly, holding teams to just 15.2 points per game. That's fifth best in the NFL. So that means they just really need two touchdowns and a field goal, and they're generally in business to get a W. So um, pretty impressive defense this year so far for the Saints. All right, let's move it on. we got an AFC South battle. It is the Indianapolis Colts at the Jacksonville Shaguars, baby. Those Jags are four-point favorites at home. Yep, and the Colts are 3-2, and two, tied for first place in the AFC South. Last week, they were able to eke out a win, very close one, versus the Titans, 23-17. to 17. But things are in flux right now for the Colts. Rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson, we talked about earlier, hurt his shoulder last week. He's on IR. He'll miss at least the next four games, minimum. They're talking four to eight. Enter Gardner Minshew. And his mustache, Casey, he's always been an overachiever and a gamer. So the switch from Richardson to Minshew likely changes the way the Colts offense will function away from a quarterback run threat to more of a diverse passing attack. Minshew completed 11 of 14, 78.5% and for 150 yards and a passer rating of 112.8 last week. So he came in off the bench and played very well. The offense got back. Jonathan Taylor, as we mentioned last week, uh, with that fresh new contract that pays him very well. Meanwhile, Zach Moss had a career high run in the football, 195 scrimmage yards, including 165 on the ground. Really impressive. And two uh, rushing touchdowns for Zach Moss. So. Yeah, maybe they maybe they did overpay Jonathan Taylor <laughs> at this point. Ursay's like, wait know. a minute, that was a drunken check. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Luckily he was using invisible ink. All right. Indeed, defensively is below average in general, but pretty uh bad, particularly against the pass. So expect the Jags to air it out and try and make it a shootout. The Colts on the other side would prefer to probably run the ball, control the pace of the game and find a little Minshew magic in the end, Casey, pull out a W. Oh, yeah, the former Jag. And what about these Shags? Duval, baby. Shags coming off back-to-back wins at Wembley and Tottenham, swinging out of London Town games, baby. It was freaking them out, and now they're home <laughs> playing great defense. But it's the offense that looks like it took a step last week. We talked about moving into that game that the defense was kind of holding them in, but it was the offense last week, dude. Trevor Lawrence, 25 at 37, almost 68%, season high, 315, had a touchdown. 
zero interceptions. We're seeing a theme here. You keep that part of your sheet clean, you got a pretty good chance of winning a football game. And that was against a very good Bills defense. Calvin Ridley, dude, seven grabs for 122 last week. Christian Kirk, he's looking for his fifth in a row with over 50 receiving yards. And Travis Etienne, dude, career high, 184 scrimmage yards last week, two rushing touchdowns. So many weapons. I didn't even talk about Zay or um, Ingram, the tight end. So, I mean, Peterson's got this offense flowing. If Lawrence can continue to play like that, man, this is a solid squad. 3-0 and when they score more than 18 points. Dave, I have Ooh. an idea. Score more than 18 points. <laughs> Get in the end zone three times. Yeah, right. And bet, bet, bet Ridley in the over. <laughs> Ridley? <laughs> no, don't. Um, all right, moving it on. Panthers at the Dolphins. And this one is a big number, Casey. Dolphins favored at home by 13 and a half. Hmm. Yeah, Panthers and rookie QB Bryce Young really struggling, but that Panthers D has been really solid considering they're not getting much help. Unfortunately, that defense is going against um, what so far has been the one of the most prolific offenses of all times. We mentioned the fence will be out, Devon Achan, but even so, this offense is scary good. And Dave, I would be remiss if I didn't at least mention Van Ginkle. <laughs> Why? Because I like to say it. it. Yeah. Van Ginkle. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. We got the uh the Bill Belichick ball. We're talking the New England Patriots at the Las Vegas Raiders. And those Raiders are two and a half point favorites at home. Or yeah, three now. It's Woo. up to three. Yeah. How about the Patriots though, man? Obviously, the last two weeks really ultimately a ultimate low point. For this Raider squad, or excuse me, Patriot squad, um, just really getting walloped the last two weeks. So, I mean, there's even talk about Will Belichick, you know, get fired and nonsense like that. So, we shall see how that all works. But uh, he's still waiting for that 300th career win, Casey. I'm hoping it comes this weekend against this Raider squad. But I digress <laughs> there. Raiders, uh, you know, uh, they've gone through uh, some tough times themselves there. Uh, but they were able to eke out a win last time that, uh, you know, last week. And then a couple of weeks ago, uh, they gave up uh, a monstrous amount of sacks to the Chargers. Ooh, but I digress again. And I'm really concerned really about that offensive line. And Jimmy G, who's been fragile back there, taking too many hits uh, on the season. It seems to be their weak spot. They haven't gotten Josh Jacobs going like they'd like to. I mean, certainly nowhere near uh, the rushing leader last year. They just can't find him going. Guess what? Mad Max Crosby is just an absolute destroyer. So Mac Jones, I, I hope you can make it through the game, you know, without getting pulled, but you're going to have to figure out where Max Crosby is and plan to double team him all game long. Remember trying. last year in this game, um, the Patriots were going down. It was tied. And they did that dumb fumble, uh, the backwards lateral on the last play of the game. Oh, Chandler yeah. Jones picks it, runs over Mac Jones. Raiders win, game over. I wonder if we'll see some hijinks like that this year. Wow. <laughs> I clean forgot that, Casey. <laughs> that was embarrassing, right? What a that, and, uh, from Bell, Bell, Bill Belichick and the, the king of situational football. You know what yeah. I mean? You just don't for that see it. situation to ever occur on that squad. They're going to take for Caleb. <laughs> oh god imagine that that'll give uh belichick new life right oh, yeah <laughs> get another decade out of him all right how about the lions casey 
at the Buccaneers this weekend. Lions are favored by three in this one. Yeah, Baker and the boys coming off a bye. He did have some time to pop down to Dallas and watch our Sooners kick the crap out of those Longhorns. This will be a throwback to the old NFC Central days. Not only that, the Bucks will be breaking out those old school creamsicle uniforms. Oh. We used to hate them. Now we love them. Oh, time changes everything, doesn't it? Yep. So far, dude, Baker's been playing pretty good football heading into week six. A 101.5 yeah. pass rating. Seven TDs, the two interceptions, nearly 70% completion. Not sure if they're going to have Mike Evans back in this one. I sure hope so. He wasn't at practice on Wednesday, though, so that's not a good sign. And if he can't play, it'll be more Devin Tompkins if Evans can't go. But this Bucks team, they've been doing it on defense. They've held their opponents to 17 or fewer points in each of their three wins. And now they're expected to get back first-round pick defensive tackle Kalijah Kansi. And DBs, Jamel, excuse me, Dean and Ryan Neal. They're going to need all those cats to battle these cats. (laughs) It's your turn now. Yeah, right on. The Lions continue to roar, Casey. I'll go with the theme with a record of four and one. And the only loss uh, was to the Seahawks in overtime back in week two. Last week, the Lions turned the Panthers uh, tamed the Panthers, rather, as Jared Goff completed 20 of 28. That's almost 72% for 236 and had four touchdowns on the game. Zero picks for a 132.4 rating. So Goff looks pretty dang good. Jameer Gibbs was out, so Montgomery took o- the lion's share of the snaps there, Casey. Had 129 scrimmage yards, including This offense is just scratching the surface. Hello. There we go. And... He's uh, got his sixth rushing touchdown of the year last week. He's sort of the red zone guy anyways. Amon St. Brown, also a no-go last week. So rookie sensation uh, tight end Sam Laporta found the end zone twice in Josh Reynolds, also scored. Gibbs looks likely to miss another uh, game here because of that hamstring issue, but all signs point point towards uh, Amon Ross St. Brown returning to the lineup this week. This offense, you mentioned it, Casey, they are – Absolutely crushing it. Sixth in yards, ninth in passing, seventh in rushing, fourth in points, scoring almost 30 points a game. And this year, Casey, unlike last year, the defense is much improved. They're ranking ninth in yards, third versus the run, and giving up just over 21 points a game. This is above the league average right there. That's all they needed to do was be kind of an average or a slightly above average defense. And that really makes this team very, very dangerous. They're playing confident football. Yeah, it's not perfect, but it's getting pretty damn good. Okay, so let's move it along, Casey. It is the Cardinals at the Rams. Rams at home are favored by seven in this one. Yeah, both of these teams have flashed at times just a little bit, but those flashes are few and far between. The Rams did get Cooper Cup back last week. He had eight receptions for 118 yards. But rookie sensation, man, Puka Nakua, baby, leading the NFL with 46 receptions, second in yards with 572. Not such good news for the cards we mentioned. No John Connor, Amari DiMercato. He had 57 scrimmage yards Mm -hmm. um, and a touchdown last week. You might want to pick him up on the waiver wire if you can. Yeah, no doubt, Casey. And I like what uh, the way Stafford's looking this this year. He seems rejuvenated and healthy. He's uh, fourth in the NFL passing right now, so he's pretty cranking right there. All right, should be an interesting game. Moving along, it is the 
uh, Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Jets. Eagles on the road, favored by seven. Well, if you ask Cookie, the Jets are going to kick the crap out of the Eagles. <laughs> I just don't know if anyone told the Eagles yet. Yeah, no hangover uh, from Keep it a crazy, secret. Yeah, no hangover from the Catch them off painful, guard. crazy Super Bowl loss. But much like Ozzy, the Eagles are flying high again, returning from their home game on the road out at the SoFi. It was Bird Gang Deluxe there last week. But guess who's gruntled now? A.J. Brown, 24 receptions, 433 yards, and two touchdowns in his last three games. And versus the Rams, Dallas Godert. I know it's good. I like to say go dirt, like Joe dirt, <laughs> eight receptions, 117 yards and a touchdown Eagles offense in the first half over 200 total yards and almost 19 minutes in time of possession, 16 first downs, seven of nine on third downs, score touchdowns on two of three possessions in the red zone, including a four play 75 yard drive in the final 32 seconds of the second quarter, dude. They took the lead, and they never looked back. And that Philly O-line versus Aaron Donald, he had four tackles. No QB pressures, hits, or sacks. Wow. And that Philly defense shut those Rams out in the second half. All right. Very impressive, Casey. And let's go to the Jets, though, who, you know, the Jets and Jets fan, (laughs) as you mentioned, very, very good about themselves. Uh, after beating uh, the Broncos last week, remind you, Jet fan, it was the Broncos, not the Eagles. <laughs> All right. It, it was extra satisfying, though, Casey, on a side note, to beat Broncos head coach Sean Payton. And I know we mentioned this before. Due to his classless re- uh, comments calling Nathaniel's Hackett's coaching job of the Broncos one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL, I think that really satisfied the Jets to get that victory for oh, Mr. Yeah. Hackett there. Zach Wilson put together a couple of decent games in a row, Casey, back-to-back weeks. Last week, it was 19 of 26 for a career-high 73-plus percentage, 225 uh, and 26 rush yards, but it was Brees Hall, dude, that really shined. Season-high 194 scrimmage yards and 177 rush yards. That's his career-high. Wow. He's pretty awesome. And one rush DD last week. Just to be fair, Jet, Jet fan, listen closely, the Jets' offense is still ranked last in passing <laughs> and on third down. Which is <laughs> but other than of, that. <laughs> uh, Jets' defense, decent, but perhaps overrated, especially versus the run where they uh, are just 29th. And on wow. third down, where they rank 27th. So those numbers don't look good going against you know a Philly team that loves to run the football. Yeah, Swift, man. Good luck clipping the wings of the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, nice. I like it. (laughs) All right, Dave. Up next, we have the Giants at the Bills. The Bills are 14-point favorites in this one. This is also a rematch of Super Bowl 25. Those Buffalo Bills were favored by seven going into that one. That run-and-shoot offense, high-powered Thurman Thomas, Jim Kelly, Andre Reid. Stupid Giants and Otis Anderson ate up almost all of that clock. Even so, the Bills driving down for the Scott Norwood game-winning field goal. Right down the center? Oh. Poor Bills. They never recovered, and they were still searching for that first Super Bowl victory. This one, not a Super Bowl, but I think they might get that W. (laughs) <laughs> All right. The one in four Giants, Casey, are massive underdogs, and that is for good reason. Daniel Jones likely uh, not to practice this week. 
and Tyrod Taylor is going to get the uh, first team practices all week, and he's likely going to get the start in this one. The Giants statistically near the bottom of the league on both sides of the football in all major categories versus the three and two Bills, who are near the top of the league in all major categories, both offensively and defensively. But the run defense is perhaps their Achilles heel, where they rank just 25th at defending the run. Could a banged-up San Juan get it going and make this interesting? Hopefully, since it's uh, Sunday Night Football, and we'll all be watching because we love football. So come on, Giants, at least make it interesting. Yeah, I don't need to be interested in that. Just <laughs> Bill smash him and be done with them. <laughs> in bed early, right? Yeah. Is there anything happening on Monday night, Dave? Uh, well, Casey, right here in Southern California at SoFi Stadium, they're putting on a football event. Yeah? Yeah. It is your, Cal- your Dallas Cowboys, Casey, coming to town to play my Los Angeles Chargers or the Cowboys on the road are favored by two in this awesome event. Monday night, the dude's divided, baby. Oh, the Cowboys coming off a real stinker and that injury to insult. They'll be without their two best special teams players. We're talking Gavante Turpin, who finally got involved in the offense and had a touchdown. He's going to be out. You remember him from preseason, Casey. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. His last preseason. but Yeah, you don't have to worry about it this time. And C.J. Goodwin, who's one of our very best um, special team players, and it stretched to the defense too. No Leighton Van Der Esch in this one. Um, there's still talk that IR, it might even be longer than that. Um, there's been a lot of talk about the uh, the red zone woes for these Cowboys, but Dave, last week they were perfect. By perfect, I mean they never reached the red zone, so there was nothing <laughs> to be bad about. That Cowboys offense suffocated by the 49ers, dude. Only 197 total yards. Tony Pollard, 8 for 29 in an early fumble that led to a TD. Dak is not the only reason the Cowboys lost, but there's no way they can win without him playing better. He needs to play better, and he needs CD to get more involved. Only four catches for 49 yards last week, and I did not like his body language. But I didn't see any good body language by anybody on that Cowboys team last week. They brought in Brandon Cooks to stretch the field. He's got nine catches for 73 yards on the season with a long of 16. Not that stretchy, if you ask me. It's just not good enough. The only thing I can hope was rock bottom because I didn't see one Cowboy player I would have taken over a 49er last week. If I could have only picked one player in that game, it would have been Fred Warner. That needs to change. There's too much talent on both sides of the ball. I need to someone see someone play with their hair on fire. This defense is not what the entire football world um, thought they were. Losing Trayvon Diggs, that was big time. A big time loss, but not give up 42 points loss. You know what I yeah. mean? This team was you. built to rush, rush the passer. Why are we uh, rushing three and dropping eight on a third and 14? Purdy is great. I got to give him that, but if Purdy shredded this defense last week and went for career highs, what's Herbert going to do? And, dude, there is going to be a huge I told you so factor to this game. But who will it be? <laughs> Which team is going to say it? Kellen Moore and your Chargers or my Dallas Cowboys? The only right. good news I have, Dave, is the crowd will definitely be pro-Cowboy. <laughs> I like to call it Jero World West. And the Cowboys are 10-1 and one following their last 11 losses. And in those Wins averaging 35 points a game. 
Now the Chargers have won their last three Monday night football games, Casey, with uh, Herbert playing pretty well in those football games. Um, the two and two Chargers coming off a much needed bye due to a slew of early season injuries. And they're hoping to get back a handful of starters in this primetime game, namely on offense, uh, running back Austin Eckler to make his first appearance oh, great. since week one. Yeah. Good news, right, Casey? These guys are all coming back just in time, right? He had 164 scrimmage yards in that first uh, game and a rush TD in week one. They really have missed his explosiveness in the last three games out of the backfield. We've hammered the run a little bit, but we don't have anywhere near anyone else that's dynamic like he is and certainly out of the backfield receiving the football as well. Chargers, um, Keenan Allen is on a crazy pace this year for an incredible season. He had the 18 catches and 215 yards, including a touchdown pass a couple of weeks ago. But he has uh, almost, I think, half of his receptions are for first downs. He's an absolute chain mover, and he's uh, on occasion seems completely uncoverable by defense. It just seems like we could mm-hmm. throw it to him on every down. And with Mike Williams out, we might have to. The other guys just really haven't stepped up necessarily. But good news, Joshua Palmer, last game the Chargers played, made an awesome game-sealing 51-yard reception to beat the Raiders. Quentin Johnston, the first-round wide receiver, superstar at a TCU, he's yet to really make an impact at all. And tight end Gerald Everett has been literally MIA. I know. He was on my fantasy team. Was. Keyword. <laughs> Justin Whoa. Herbert. Yeah, that's right. Justin Herbert, though, Casey, has been off to a great start this season. 71% completions, 1,100-plus yards, seven TDs to just one interception. It was a boneheaded one uh, last game. A passer rating, though, of 106.3. Entering week 6-2, and this is new, the Chargers ranked um, in third in the NFL with 29 deep pass attempts, meaning throws of plus 20 yards down the field. Last year, that was something that they really lacked, and they haven't even gotten their speeds to Guyton yet back onto the field. And even though they've only played four games, they actually rank second in percentage of deep passes, those 20-plus yarders, in 18.8%. So uh, the Chargers have really tried to push the, the ball downfield more so this year than they were able to do last year. Overall, the Chargers' offense has been pretty dang good. They're fourth in yards, sixth in passing, seventh in points, and even 14th in rushing, something we were terrible at last year. So the Kellen Moore impact, it's not so blatant that it's in, that people are going nuts here, but it's there. We're seeing that difference that we're getting uh, from his offense versus the Lombardi offense last year. Defensively, though, this is Brandon, Brandon Staley's specialty, mind you. They have been shredded early season, and they have seemingly improved, though, incrementally each week. The good news is that help is on the way. Derwin, Derwin James is coming back. Joey Bosa coming back from injury, and that should obviously help out this defense. Last week, the Bolts were down their top three safeties and somehow held it together on the back end. In fact, Khalil Mack getting after the quarterback with the Chargers record six sacks in the last game, and uh, I think that's tied for second for anyone. It's a multi-person yeah. tie, but for anyone in the NFL in a, in a single game. Tui, uh, Tuli Tui Pelotu, the second-round draft pick out of USC, has been very impactful getting after the quarterback and making great tackles uh, behind the line of scrimmage and stuff. Charger defense actually been very effective at rushing the passer. In fact, they're fifth in the NFL with 16 sacks on the season. And so they've only played four games. So in terms of sacks per game, they actually rank second in the season um, average only behind the bills. And it's only like a fifth of a sack per game, basically. So the bolts have been 
a bend but don't break defense, giving up a crap load of yards, right? But when their defense gets into the red zone, they're ninth best in the red zone at an even 50%. And that essentially won the two games for them. The interception against the Vikings in the end zone and the interception at, I don't know, the end zone, the end zone also against the Raiders. The defense held right at the end after getting pushed around for a good chunk of the game. The Bolts defense, though, still 31st in total yards, 32nd versus the pass, 24th in points given up. They have to play better, and uh, hopefully they will in this game. The Chargers are plus five in the turnover ratio, giving up just one fumble and one interception and collecting some turnovers. The Cowboys, though, counter that with plus six. So it's going to be an interesting game. Obviously, when it comes down to any game, the turnovers are going to matter. Both teams are accustomed to being on the plus side of that. So we saw that pans out in this game. It's going to be obviously um, a highlight game for the weekend for sure. Yeah, and maybe hopefully not as stressful as last time when it came down to a last second 50-plus yard field goal by the Cowboys in week one a couple years ago. So if we could transfer this loss to the Raiders or the Chiefs or the Broncos, we would do that. But you know, the the sub uh, plots are thick in this one. It's going to be a great game. Cowboys desperate for this. We were like yeah. this. We had our three wins. You were down here trying to creep up. Oh, no. Yeah. It's a big game for both teams. No question. We're, we're at a crossroads at two and two. Uh, next week, we're playing the Chiefs on a short week. So thanks, schedule makers. Appreciate that. Yeah. Good job, guys. Okay, <laughs> so many ways to check out the Football Dudes. Trend Zone now available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, go ahead, subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Instagram and Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Football Dudes LA, and make sure you tag us across all social media platforms. Or just go to footballdudes.com. It's all there for you. That is going to do it for this episode of the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. For Casey, I'm Dave, and we are out of here.